In Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, beginning with verse 13. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew. Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called Zelotes, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also was the traitor. Father, we thank you for these Bible characters. We realize, we know they were real. We realize and know they were sinners just like us. We realize and know they were men with, uh, uh, with attitudes, we realize and know that they were men who were called to follow the Lord. And I pray that you'd help us tonight to, to, as we look at uh, this character, that we might see ourselves in some way here. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus called two, two of his uh, men by the name of Simon. One, Simon Peter. And then this one that we're looking at tonight, Simon Zelotes. Um, the, the Zelotes rose at the turn of the century because they weren't happy with the way things were. They were under the rule of, of Judas uh, the Galilean. And what their problem was was they didn't like how they were being taxed. And of course, this all started back there in Luke's Gospel where it's first mentioned that they all went to be registered and to pay their taxes. And that started with Joseph uh, and Mary. And um, this went against um, the Zelotes' freedom as they knew freedom. Um, Judas led his people in a holy war against Rome and all that Rome stood for and all that Rome was trying to do. And if we look at this, um, he and his followers, um, Judas, his followers and troops were slaughtered by Rome. When they went up against the army, a lot of bloodshed rose. And uh, Zelotes, who uh, worked behind the scenes here, not only uh, knew what a horrible, terrible thing, the yoke uh, that they were having to bear because of, of what Rome was doing, uh, but they also, they exposed the Jews who collaborated against the enemy. So a lot of, a lot of things was going on uh, when, when the Lord called his disciples, and especially this one that we're looking at tonight. They were men of unquestionable bravery. They were not afraid to go right into where the heat of the battle was and to stand on what they believed. You know, a lot of times we don't do that. We, we don't want to be the only one to stand up for what we believe. Let me tell you something. It is okay to vote no. If you don't feel like you should vote yes, it's okay to vote no if you're the only one. And so it was the case with these, uh, these boys. The love of freedom burned in their hearts. Is that not what we want, you know, as, as Christians? Uh, it was from a band of courageous followers. They were called freedom fighters. And you know, today you hear so many people, I got my rights, I got my rights. Well, to me, when you break the law, you've lost your rights. I'm sorry. You can't follow and abide by it. Well, you've lost it. So we look at uh, Simon the Zeloti. First of all, Christ above his country. 
He was a follower of Jesus. And he had the right kind of Christian character about him. So if we try to compare him, uh, uh, Christ above his country, we look at us as Americans, okay? He viewed his relationship with Jesus, a high standard, that Christ should be above his country. And just yesterday I was able to share that God is supposed to be first. That the family is supposed to be second. And the third is supposed to be the church. And so we find Simon, um, he changed from this Zelotes to an apostle because of the calling that the Lord Jesus had upon him. He still loved his flag, he still loved what he stood for, but his first allegiance, he made it clear that it was to his father and it was to the one that called him, and that was Jesus. And tonight, you know, all of us who are saved, we've been called by Christ to follow him. He simply said, come and follow me. Now, Simon, like uh, our American forefathers, we think about our pilgrims that came over here, crossed dangerous seas. Many of them died. They died of disease. They died of starvation. They died of a lot of things, all in the name of freedom. They were seeking a place where they could worship a true and living God and not be told what to do. Now, how far have we got from that? I mean, a, a long way. And a lot of it's because we just... We haven't stood up. We haven't stood up for what we believe as Christian citizens. You know, we say we do, we do this, we do that. But listen, many men and women have fought and stood and died for this country. That's what this flag represents. It represents our nation under God, if you please. One nation. Now we're... We're a long way from being a Christian nation, okay? So the question, what has kept the Lord from coming? It's not because we're a Christian nation, but it's because of the Christians that are in the nation. You know, where do we fit in? It seems like we are, we're, we're the minority crowd here. We, we're, we're loners. Um, and I'm left-handed. I, it don't bother me to be left-handed. This is not a left-handed world. Um, this is Friday night. The waitress, she walked over to the table. She had her pad out and a pencil. I noticed left-handed folk right off. I mean, hey, it's just, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Hello? And I said, I noticed you're left-handed. I said, at least you're in your right mind. Yeah, yeah, she said. And, I, and so many people I see left-handed, I said, you realize everybody was born left-handed? They look at me, sure enough. I said, yeah. Everybody's born left-handed till they commit their first sin. Are you kidding? <laughs> uh, let me say this. We're in the boat, okay? We as Christians, we are in the boat. But not all of us are willing to get out of the boat and go forward. As I said, our forefathers, they fought, they stood. Many and many women have died in our country, and they've done this in the, in the name of religion and the Bill of Rights. You know, wouldn't it be something? We, 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 we're having all these 
political debates? Wouldn't it be something if we could call back all those guys who sat on that panel about the Constitution and, and hear their response to what's going on today? I mean, we have gotten so far from it. It's not Christ and country. It's about us. Until we get down and then we're calling on the Lord. I mean, you know, if I was God, I would do this and this, people say. What if you were Jesus? You done paid the price. You know, I'd be wanting to send people some duns. Well, you think about uh, Simon. Uh, not only uh, Christ above his country. Um, and I saw something the other day, and I don't know, uh, I don't even know how I feel about it. Okay, we've got the American flag, we've got the Christian flag. Is one above the other? Hey, that stands for my Christianity. It stands for the one who died on the cross for my sins. This flag here stands for my freedom of, of American heritage. But I saw, I forget where it was, two flagpoles, this one and that one, and that flag was higher than that flag. Okay, when our servicemen and women die today, they drape the casket, a lot of them, with this right here. Wonderful, I have no problem with that. And it is an awesome ceremony if it's carried out right at the graveside where they fold that flag and do the 21-gun salute and hear the taps. What's wrong with us as Christians if we didn't serve in the military of our casket being draped with a Christian flag? We're in an army, y'all. We're not on the way to a picnic. We're in a, in a battle with Satan and everything that he wants to throw at us. So we not only think of, of Simon um, when he looks at Christ above his country and the way he was raised, but secondly, we look at, at belief in the brotherhood. Okay, he was... He was uh, Drafted, okay? He was called into a brotherhood. Now, there's so many brotherhoods out there today. I mean, a lot of people calling themselves the brotherhood. You know, I ride motorcycles and I love it. But you've got these gangs that are farther from the truth as far as being Christian. They call themselves a brotherhood. Okay, but Simon, he, were, he, he had belief in the brotherhood of the disciple boys as many times as they sat together and listened to the Lord. Um, we've seen Simon in his relationship to Christ, but uh, let's look at his relationship with his uh, companion buddies that he had, especially Matthew the publican. Matthew was what? Tax collector. <laughs> And Simon didn't like that. He didn't like that tax deal. It bothered him. And so, here he is on a panel, if you please, a panel with a tax collector. I can see him now. Hey, I'm going to love him, but I ain't sitting on the same side of the table he's sitting on. You know, I, I refuse to sit there. Now, do you not think the Lord knew that strife? Sure did. So why in the world would he call a tax collector and then call somebody who was totally against that? Only God knows. But it's amazing to me who he puts together even in our band of church folk, okay? Who he puts together to serve. And you know, we must, we must get along 
I mean, it is a must that we agree. Even if we disagree, we need to agree to disagree and get along. And so we have Simon, and we, we got old Matthew, the publican. Um, we see him as one who believed in the brotherhood. But on the vertical level, level, listen, Christ was his king. And on the horizontal level, all the followers of Christ were his brothers. If you're saved, you are a brother. If you're saved, you are a sister, okay? And we're brothers in the Lord. We're brother and sister uh, in the Lord. Uh, sometimes we'll be out with different people and uh, I'll introduce so and so. I'll say, this is my sister. Sure, no, I don't know that. Yeah, this is my sister in the Lord. Because that's what we're supposed to be. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord. No, we don't see everything alike. But we agree, at least we agree, on the Lord Jesus Christ as we follow. So, under any other circumstance, listen to what William Barclay, he says, Simon would have plunged a dagger right in the heart of Matthew and put an end to it. But because of his heart change, when Christ called him, he loved Matthew instead of hating him. Because, listen, he saw a change in Matthew, okay? And when we see a change, we recognize that change. We recognize something different. And, and so Simon even, let's say, sitting on each end, opposite end of the table, thinking, I don't why in the world God called him. I didn't. And Matthew might have been saying the same thing. But then, they loved one another because both of them saw a change in each other. And so, you know, as we look at that, we need to see a change. Instead of, of hating, we need to love. Um, you've heard this many times before. Um, united we stand, divided we fall. Okay? Uh, as long as we live in the United States of America, where many of the united are united under God, we still stand. And we stand on what we believe. But it's amazing to me, all the different folk in the world who name the name of Jesus, actually where they stand. When you ask them, as I made mention this morning, where do you stand with the Lord? How is your relationship with the Lord? What are you reading? You know, someone said you can look at a person's checkbook and figure out whether they're serving the Lord or not. Sometimes we forget about the brotherhood and we wallow in unrighteousness. You know, it's amazing. If you, if you knew my past, you think, my goodness alive, what are we doing? What if all of us, what if all of our past, past were exposed? Hmm? It'd be bad. Think about calling Paul as a pastor. Man, what a character. Until he got saved. Until God changed him. So we see a change in, in uh, Simon. We see a change in Matthew. And, and let alone the others. And it looks like to me, I know it was in God's plan, but it looks like to me, old Judas Iscariot would have noticed something. Hey, and I'm the black sheep of this crowd. I don't know what I'm doing in here. Except I'm handling the money. And that's where I like to be, handling the money. You know, hey, uh, 
you know, many of you, uh, several of our Sunday school classes, you have to pay to get in. Yeah. I mean, they take up that little dollar, which is good. I go all the way back to when I was a woman, a child, us getting ready for church, and we were headed to church, and daddy, I, I remember getting a dime. You know what I'm I get the dime, and that was my Sunday school money. You know, took up Sunday school money. Well, here we are, 69 years later, we're still taking up the money. It's gone from 10 cents to a dollar. That's not much increases in 69 years. But that's, that was a start. That's, that's where we, uh, let's say, as children were taught a part of giving, okay? But then when I, I've told you this before, but some of you may not have heard it, my first a lesson on tithing was when I set rabbit gums and caught rabbits, and my mama would take rabbits to town to where she worked and sell the rabbits for one dollar a piece. I'm talking a naked rabbit. You say dressed, it was naked. She brought the dollar back home, and the first time she did that, she said, now, Kitty, here's your dollar. Uh, these others want rabbits when you get them, but I want to tell you something, 10 cents of that dollar belongs to God. She explained it to me. I started, hey, I'm still at 10 cents back then, not now. Okay? I'm still at 10 cents, okay? And of course, now I understand and I believe and I'm thankful and I'm happy and I'm a hilarious giver because it thrills me to be able to give the 10th and above because of the way God uh, has blessed us. So, we see Christ over his country. We see belief in his brotherhood, those he served with. But thirdly, and last of all, is his devotion to a dream. Okay, his devotion to a dream. Some of you have been here quite some time. And you've watched and you have seen a lot of changes on this property. Okay, and we're shortly fixing to go through another change. You know, going out of here, back over yonder. Uh, in one way or the other, Simon is an example of the right kind of Christian patriot. Now, I'm not talking about some of these people who say, well, we ain't never done it like this before. We ain't going to start now. Well, I say let's try it. If it doesn't work, let's try something else. But why just keep driving the same old nail in, pulling it out, and driving it again? First thing you know, the head is beat all to pieces that when you strike it with a hammer, it does what it ought to do. It flies in all kinds of directions. You know, it, just, it refuses to be started uh, anymore. But, uh, you know, Simon, he was uh, uh, the right kind of Christian patriot. Uh, in relationship to his calling, we see he was a devoted dreamer. Um, as a Zelotes, he dreamed of the day when Rome, listen, would lie in its own blood. That was his dream early on, that they would lie in their own blood because he felt like he had been abused and mistreated through his life up until he met Christ. But as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, he dreamed of the day when the name Jesus would cover the earth like D. Cover the earth. Well, do we dream? You know, this morning early, on Lamb's Gadget, whatever that name's called, 
she pulled up Orinda, Africa. They were in their new church building. They had moved out of a place, the downtown church had moved out of the place where they were renting into their own little worship center. And you could see it. It was slabs of wood nailed on posts that you could see through. And it had these blue tarps for the roof. Happy as they could be dancing, music playing. We don't have a clue. It's amazing. We saw, we saw some of the young people that, that we was with four months dancing, music playing, and worshiping a true and living God. The same one we do. But they're in a brand new church building of slabs and posts and a blue tarp. Well, it's warm there all the time, but it do have rainy season. And I'm talking when it rains, I'm talking rain. So what do they do? They just keep right on going, doing the best they can. So, we need to dream and dream big. What should we be dreaming for? I want to give you a simple little thing. We should be dreaming, first of all, about a revived church. Okay? I mean, hey, we got folks dropping out, seem like, like flies, going other places. Headed down through Clemson the other day. I see New Springs is tearing up the ground down now. They're going to have a, and the building's already started. I saw steel structure up. And probably this needs to be said on Sunday morning. If you're disgruntled here, I wish you'd talk to me before you just, before people just pull off mad and go off down there somewhere. Because what I've understood, hey, you can call, but they ain't coming to see you in the hospital. You can call, but they ain't going to bury you dead. You can call, and they ain't going to marry your little birds. I think we need to instill in our people. I, I, I would uh, challenge all of you deacons to check up on your people. Look at your deacon book. Find out who's not coming. Call them. Find out why. What's your problem? Is something we can do to fix it? Is something we can do to help you with? You know, business is important, but lives are more important. You know, I can't go to everybody and say, hey, what, what is the problem here? But I'll be glad to go if you all hit it up. Hey, we need to dream of a, of a revived church. Revival will come to America when it comes to the local church. And it's got to start right here, okay? Pulpit to the pew without fooling around and, and, and making gestures and, and not following through with anything. We need to look around at our people and see who's, uh, who's where and why are they where they are, okay? Um... The Lord has spared us for some reason. I mean, his grace is sufficient. I understand and I know that. But he spared us for some reason. Look, look at, look at, just look at our own nation. Uh, the tragedies that's happened across, <clears throat> across our nation. You know, I, we haven't experienced any real tragedies here. We haven't had a big bombing uh, right here. We haven't had a, a, a tornado, a hurricane right here. We haven't had a flood right here. Where has God spared us? What's so special about us? I say nothing. But it's by the grace of God. We should be dreaming about a revived church. Secondly, we ought to be dreaming about a renewed earth. What is our dream of tomorrow? As we heard, Brother 
Steve Willis's daddy talking about shadows and the shadows getting shorter. The midnight hour is coming. The night is coming when we will work no more. Time will be over with. Things are not prospering and thriving like we would like for them to. Hey, gas has been good, but look out. It's beginning to creep back up. I told Lynn, I wish we had a big monstrous in the ground tank. <laughs> Fill it up while it's way back there. We should be dreaming about the kingdom of God, okay? Now our building's important. I want us to keep working. I want us to keep giving. I want us to keep going and pushing and doing all we can do. And it'll be exciting to be over there. But we don't need to lose sight of the kingdom of God because that's what we are about. We are about people, okay? It's not about our building and how beautiful it's going to be. It's not about that. It's about people. And there will be, listen, there will be people come just to see what we've got. And while they're here, we need to do our best to capture them. We need to be, as I've heard some of you newcomers say, it was a friend, y'all the friendliest church I have come to. We don't need to drop our guard concerning Satan and all he will begin to throw at us. We need to dream and dream big. And it's going to take cooperative effort. You know, one person, one person can't do it. You know, sometimes I... Very seldom, but sometimes I'll make mention nobody's filling out the care cards. And then that Sunday you get three times the amount you normally get. Or nobody's, not a whole lot of people come back on Sunday night. And then there'll be a big crowd on Sunday night. I shouldn't have to do that. A bit more than you should have to call somebody who's very faithful and is out two Sundays. But I think we need to check up behind them. If they're sick or need something, a lot of folk are not going to ask you. And some folk are not going to tell you when they're going to have surgery, okay? They're not going to tell you their problems. But if they're out, I, hey, call them. I call them. I had an interesting call this week. I was thumbing through the Deacon book, and uh, a lot of these off-the-wall people, I call them off-the-wall people, says um, their address, they have a phone number, address to Core Georgia. I said, I'm going to call this girl. I just want to find out what's happening. Maybe she's joined some other church. I called it. And it said, you've, you've reached the, um, uh, what office is it at a college you, the, you register or whatever? Hello? Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah it looks like I'd had sense enough to know it's a registration office. And it says, uh, leave your name and your number and a brief message. We'll call you back. I did and they did. I said, I'm looking for it. I gave them the name. They said, uh, hold on a minute. And back and said, we, we don't have any record ever of that person being here. I said, well, I don't know. I said, I pastored the First Baptist Church at Westminster, and I said, she is a member of our church, and I'm looking for her. So I'm sorry, we, we don't have such a person. Our deacon book is full of them. And I'll be the first to admit, I'm tired of fooling around with people that don't care. I mean, I think we need to call them, as I have I've told you other stories. I've called one man, he said, hey, I really appreciate you calling. I probably won't be back. I go to church here one Sunday, and I'm over yonder the next Sunday. Well, have you joined either one of them? Well, no. Well, don't you think you need to get hooked up with one? I mean, you can't pull three congregations. I feel like a cinema dunes. Hey, we haven't been here over a year. Our finances is down, and according to what you used to give, we want to back up here. 
You say, you can't do that. Well, who said you can't do that? You, I'll say this way, get in or get out. Some people just, you know, squatters. You remember squatters? They didn't even like squatters. <laughs> My goodness. Well, we need to be dreaming, thinking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Seek ye first, what I quoted this morning, Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first of what? The kingdom of God. First. Not second, not third, but first. And then all these things will be lined up and they'll come together. In fact, we sing a song, stand up, stand up for Jesus. Right? What does it say? The strife will not be long. The day of noise of battle. The next. The victor's song. It's a victor song that we will shout and we will sing when Jesus comes to get the church. Then they can have that thing over there. Whoever. Well, one day we're going to, as God's children, we're going to leave and head home. And maybe we see that little old sign I talked about this morning, residence only. Residents only. A lot of these gated communities you pull up, if you don't know the code, you ain't going in. What is the code? J-E-S-U-S. You got the code, the door, the gate will open, and in you go. But a lot of people don't know that code. So, as a Christian, you and I, we're not assured of winning every little battle, but we are assured of winning the war. Battle's going to come. You mark it down. And we're going to lose some. But hey, we've already won the war. Christ has the keys to the kingdom. He's got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He's got the keys. Nobody else has had them. It's not, are the, the keys lost? Nope, they're not lost. Jesus has got the keys. And he is the key. He is the truth. And so when we think about this, Evil, hey, the Bible says, fret not because of evil doers. They will have their day. You know, it looks like we're not having too good of a day as Christians. But we've got to remain faithful. We've got to consider like Simon, the Lopez. You see, Simon was chosen. Simon was changed. Simon became consecrated. Simon was challenged. So I question you and me is this. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I hope we're going to stand for the Lord and seek his kingdom. Father, thank you for the evening. Thank you for the night. Thank you for those who have come this way tonight. Bless every home that's represented. Bless those who are traveling tonight. Give them safety. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you're going to do for us. Be in our Good News Club tomorrow. Lord, as we have, in the last two weeks, have really faced a lot of challenges because of the government. But I pray that you'd help us not to give up, not to quit, but to continue to share Jesus. Because those little children we'll see tomorrow, they love the, the Lord. And they want to hear more about him. Bless tonight, this invitation time. Anyone needs to come, give them courage to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother